0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to episode number 25 of the NAX podcast. My name is Jordan Martin, and I'm the head of marketing and communications for the Northern Alberta Extreme Hockey Program. I'm joined, as always, by NAX Vice President and Program Development, Tyrell Spitzer. Tyrell, how's it going today? Good, Jordan. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. Uh, I guess kind of just got all the Christmas shopping done, settling into this new COVID restrictions. Not ideal, but I mean, it's what we're dealt with. So Uh, yeah, what about you? You got Christmas shopping still here or what?
1: Yeah, but uh, I've been one of those guys who transitioned to all online. And I've always been worried about online shopping because for so- whatever reason, I'm like, okay, I buy it and it's going to take like, you know, two, three weeks to get delivered. And and now with the world we live in, like you literally buy something today, it's it's here within one or two days. It's unbelievable. People who knew about it, you're going to laugh and say, yeah, that's how it's always been. That's great. But people who don't know about it are just getting into it. like it's, It is unbelievable on how well uh, online shopping is, especially for this time of year. And, and like you said, COVID restrictions and stuff. It's unbelievable. So, yes, I'm crushing it.
0: I actually saw a photo on Twitter of West Symington Mall. I guess it was Saturday right before the restrictions set into place. And I guess everyone was using the Saturday as their last-minute shopping because I guess the mall just looked absolutely packed everyone's wearing masks at least but there was there was a lot of people there so yeah and i think uh, i think the malls are
1: still open but the retail stores can only run at what 15 percent capacity now or something yeah, like that yeah i think that's what it is so i wonder if that means the stores can only have so many people but the like those main like uh, walkways are still going to be packed and lineups and stuff like that i'd be kind of curious to see if they're limiting numbers into the mall and then into the stores or are they limiting numbers just into stores and that those main areas still might be, might be a little bit packed, but one step at a time, I guess.
0: Yeah. uh, Enough about Christmas shopping. I'm sure no one wants to listen to us talk about that. So just hop right over to Yeah. Recent NAX news. We'll start with the NHL tournament we got going on right now. I know you're still in it. I got knocked out in the semifinals of the Xbox bracket. You're still in the semifinals of the PlayStation bracket. You play one of the uh, one of the females who you coach. So let uh, me talk about that matchup. And I'm up one game. Oh, you guys played a game already?
1: Yeah, so I'm up one game. Um, she's pretty confident that she's going to win the next two. And I'm actually a little bit scared too. But you no, know, even to get to this point, I'm proud of myself. I just, like our next interviewer, you know, it just took one day at a time and and one game at a time, one shift at a time. And I could tell, like, getting to the last round, I could see it in the guy's eyes. Like, we weren't going to lose that one to uh, young Schaefer there. So so we're happy where we're at. But, uh, yeah, we've got a big challenge ahead of us, and we'd love to be in that finals.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll wish you luck there. I'll also congratulate Seattle Thunderbirds prospect Scott Scott Ratzlaff, who won the uh, Xbox NHL 20 tournament. I think the NHL 21 on the Xbox is going to be played between uh, Brandon Weekings' prospect, prospect Easton Mannix, and Kamloops Blazers prospect Kai Matthew. And then, uh, obviously, the PS4 bracket's just in the semifinals right now. But uh, it's been interesting. We're trying to keep the program kind of all together in a way, you know, just digitally online, and so get that hockey fix that I think everyone's missing.
1: So, Jordan, just a question on that. Does the PS4 winner play the Xbox winner? Is that how it's going to work?
0: Yeah, so what we'll do next is the NHL 20 Xbox winner will play the NHL 21 Xbox winner come up with an Xbox champion and then we'll figure out a way to uh, hopefully someone's got two systems or they can borrow buddies or something like that. And we'll figure out a way to get the PS4 to cross over against the Xbox. All right. this big stuff going on right on. What else is going on? Well, there's only again, so much hockey, but Savoy and Benning, uh, they keep lighting it up for Denver right now. Uh, Mike Benning just scored his first NCAA goal. And of course, Carter assisted on it. So it just seems like every time I go on Twitter, like those two are literally uh, keeping keeping me employed as a social media person right now because they're the only ones doing anything and they're doing a lot right now so
1: yeah that's it's been exciting to kind of watch them kind of break out here right off the bat and being able to have carter on for the interview today is great because he digs into a little bit about his adventures with him and
0: benning and and what they're doing there and how they got there it's uh it's pretty cool yes we'll talk about carter more obviously later in this interview coming up another piece of news aiden fink he's currently on our u18 prep team played for the Uh, U16 or Elite 15's team last year he committed to the Brooks Bandits for next year I got to coach Aiden last year he's a lot of fun really good kid uh really good hockey player so really excited for him and really excited to see kind of what happens to him uh in the future here
1: yeah kind of one of those um those dynamic you know quick feet you know high level skilled forwards Brooks always seems to have a spot for those guys and uh he's from down south so that's probably close to home I I would have to think that Brooks is kind of um of one of the teams that you know of choice i think between them and what probably okotoks so really cool for him to kind of be you know picked up by one of those teams and uh, obviously he's kind of making a commitment to uh, go down the ncaa path and uh i'm sure there'll be a few teams kind of chomping at him here shortly
0: yeah and then our last piece of news uh luke prokop who was the first ever nax nhl draft pick uh, is also the first ever nax player to sign an nhl contract as he uh, just recently signed his entry level deal with the Nashville Predators.
1: Yeah, wow. Uh, first in both categories. That's, that's awesome. And we love to celebrate that success uh, of, of Luke. And like, what an unbelievable thing to do for this player from the organization. Like, I don't think a lot of um, third rounds typically get signed this quickly. But what the organization basically said to Luke is uh, we're committed to you. And that gives Luke now a couple of years to just focus on the game and not worry about, you know, next year, next step. And, you know, I've noticed players, you know, when they get signed from that level above, you know, whether it's junior or whether it's that NCAA commitment or whether it's that, you know, NHL contract, it just seems to kind of help them settle into their game. And they just start to take, you know, it seems like they start to just take uh, steps because they know exactly what they need to do and they don't have any distractions on their mind or, and something like that. So I actually think this is a great move for both Luke and Nashville. Um, this really takes a lot of a lot of pressure and unknowns away from Luke and he can just go out and play and develop and uh, and Nashville can do what they do best, uh, bring in and develop high quality
0: defensemen. Uh, so congrats again to Luke and, and his family. Uh, that's exciting for all of them and exciting for the NAX program too. On that note, we'll jump over to another NAX player selected at the 2020 NHL Entry Draft in Carter Savoy. Our next guest was a fourth-round pick, 100th overall by his hometown Edmonton Oilers in the 2020 NHL Entry Draft, formerly of the Short Park Crusaders and currently with the University of Denver. Welcome, Carter Savoy.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, Carter. You seem to be um, talking to the town here in Edmonton (laughs) over the last couple of weeks. But before we get into a little bit of that, uh, what's it like being some of the only hockey available right now in the world?
2: Um, obviously, it feels really good. Um, everyone, was, everyone was kind of shut down and, and waiting, waiting for a while there. Um, and then things, things kind of got going for a bit, and then it seemed like everyone else kind of got shut down. And um, I was fortunate enough to, to get some games in, and in here in Omaha and get things going.
1: So when you were kind of going through the pandemic, having to travel to the States, and kind of get sorted in Denver and then ultimately where you are now was there any kind of hesitation at all or was there any like you know I'm taking a bit of a risk or was it fairly kind of controlled and and pretty safe kind of your whole kind of pathway to where you are now
2: um I think I think Denver did a really good job of getting us here um we all like our whole team came down um like two weeks early um just like a quarantine in like the some of the older guys houses um so that was good and then just the way they run it at the school and stuff, having like COVID testing avail- available for all the students and then all the athletes getting it once a week. So, so I think they've they've done a good job so far.
1: So, maybe honest us a little bit of like what a day looks like for Carter Savoy.
2: Um, day looks like for me: uh, wake up, do some school, uh, go to classes, stuff like that, and then we we have practice um, and workout. Um, it's like our twelve till four slot. Uh, so usually we work out first, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and then we hit the ice um, Monday through Friday. Yeah, I mean, and then after, sometimes some of the other guys have classes after. Um, I was fortunate enough to only have one um, and then eat some dinner, hanging, up, hanging out with Mikey in the dorms. And yeah, that's about it.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool that you and Mike get to kind of experience that together. So yeah. let's, go, um, let's go all the way back to you, you finish off your Bantam year. Uh, You're playing Bantam AAA. You're drafted ninth round by the Regina Pats. Now, obviously, you were one of the leading scorers of the league. And for one of those players to go that low, a couple things can happen. And one can be that there may be some interest in the NCAA option. After being drafted by Regina, did you ever consider that route? Or were you kind of dead set on, on continuing to go NCAA?
2: For me, it was kind of, kind of always dead set on NCAA. I mean, I went, went to Regina, like their rookie camp, um, my first year, uh, just to experience it, um, go, through, go through that uh, sort of life lesson, and then, yeah, I went, obviously went to NAX uh, my next year after Bantam and had another good year, and then ended up going to Sherid Park.
1: Yeah. So when you jumped to uh, to NAX, playing on their uh, – at what? One point was called Elite 15, now considered U16, 58 points in 34 games. A team went undefeated that season, pretty pretty special. That actually uh, started a concept that's being built kind of uh, with NAX in terms of that many strong players getting put together and uh, winning a league title. How, how, was that, uh, how was that experience going from Bantam AAA to that Academy League to right from there straight into AJHL?
2: Um I think obviously it was a big jump. Uh, for me, the biggest thing was just the opportunity I was given in Shrewd Park. Um, I think think they knew what I could offer and I knew what I could offer and they put me in put me in the right spots to to be successful right off the get-go. Um, and I mean that that helped a lot uh, playing power play, playing in the top six, all that stuff. so I mean, that really helped me and boosted my confidence. so I mean that that helped me make the jump a lot easier. but just just going from pretty much playing, playing against your own age or younger, one year older to a pretty, pretty grown man Uh, and 20 year olds uh, was a big difference for me. Um, Had to work really hard in the off season get a lot stronger. Um, Obviously the speed is a lot faster. So I had to, had to work on my footwork too. And I mean, I think I did a good job and stepped in, stepped in, ready to go.
1: So I just want to talk a little about that stepping in as a 16 year old and kind of earned a lot of trust from the staff right off the bat now that can go one of two ways you get the opportunity and maybe things don't pan out and it's, it starts to slip away from you. It starts getting handed out to some older guys or you run with it and you seem to kind of right off the bat, just kind of take, take control and, and run with it. When you were given those opportunities, did you, did you think of it that way? Or did you just approach it as I'm just going to play and see what happens?
2: Oh uh, yeah, I definitely thought of it as that way. Um, I mean, they they were giving me all the opportunity in the world. Uh, to be successful and it was it was up to me to make the most of it and I think I did a good job of that and it obviously could have went could went two ways and I could have dropped in the lineup or not played as much or got scratched or whatever but I mean I took my opportunity and ran with it like you said
1: yeah you sure did so I also want to talk a little bit about you were also drafted in the USHL draft fourth round 56 overall by Dubuque Fighting Saints maybe talk a little bit about uh, is that something that you might have been interested in the USHL or if that was uh, kind of a path that you had maybe laid out?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think if I wasn't coming into Denver this year, I'd for sure be in Dubuque this year. Um, I mean, I think it's just that extra step that some players need um, just to get ready for the NCAA lifestyle and, and the speed and the, the older guys, all stuff like that. Um, I, think, I think it's a bit faster than the AJ. Uh, which which is obviously better and just just some better players there, obviously with like the number of drafted players and college commits out of the, out of the USHL. So, I mean, it was definitely an option for me. And then uh, I was lucky enough to come into Denver as a true freshman and happy to be here so far. It's been good.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're happy that you're there as well. So in your AJ, uh, HL career at 16, you scored 31 goals, 42 assists, 73 points in 58 games. You were the AJHL rookie team. You're on the AJHL North All-Star team. You were the AJHL Rookie of the Year, and you're the CJHL Top Rookie. When you entered with the Crusaders as a 16-year-old, did you think that that's something that you were going to accomplish that year? Or at what point of the season did you say, "I'm I'm going to get this, or I'm going to go after it?
2: Honestly, at the start, it wasn't, wasn't really in my mind at all. Uh, I didn't, I didn't even like really know what the C A J H L rookie of the year, or whatever was uh, when I first stepped in as, as a youngster there. Um, and then obviously talks grew and I started starting having success game after game and uh, the points were coming. Like I felt better in, in every game uh, throughout the season and just kind of grew into playoffs. And then, yeah, so the talks started happening and then um, yeah, just kind of, just kind of made the most of it, I guess.
1: Awesome. And then in 2019, 2020, so your second season, you scored 53 goals, 46 assists, 99 points in 54 games, almost a goal a game. Again, AJHL all-star team, most goals, obviously. And then you had an opportunity to represent Team Canada, at, uh, for Canada with Canada West at the World Junior a Challenge. Maybe talk a little bit about that experience.
2: Um, it was a really good experience experience just getting just getting the opportunity to play against um, some other really good players I mean Russia Canada East USA they all they all their top guns there Um, so I mean it was a good challenge for me Um, I didn't obviously didn't play um, as well as I would have liked to uh, down in Dawson Creek there but overall is a good experience and I mean getting the opportunity to represent the Maple Leaf um, on, on your chest is once in a lifetime opportunity and Pretty much every kid I know playing hockey in Canada uh, dreams of it. So, so I was very fortunate in that.
1: So after two successful years, obviously on the draft radar, you get an opportunity to get drafted from your hometown, Edmonton, and others. Maybe talk a little bit about that experience.
2: So throughout the year, um, in my second year in Shirt Park, um, there's a lot of scouts in the stands coming to watch me and Mike, uh, meetings after practices, uh, after games, all that stuff. Um, so I mean yeah there's a, there's a lot of pressure on me uh, to perform and I mean I, th- I think I had a good year um, got better as a person and player that year um, and then leading up to the draft uh, kind of got pushed back pushed back a little ways and no one really knew when it was going to happen and then, and then it, it ended up happening um, while I was here in Denver so it was just just a normal day and then Uh, I was on the ice. Uh, Mikey had an off day, so Mike was in our dorms. And pretty much as soon as I got off the ice, uh, Mike got picked. So I quickly gave him a call. I wish him congratulations. Um, And then a couple minutes later, someone from the Oilers called me, and I was just pumped. Words can't really describe it. I mean, just like representing the Maple Leaf on your chest. uh, The draft is another thing a lot of kids look look forward to, and hope, hope to get the opportunity to go in. And I mean, again, I'm very fortunate to, to do both. So.
0: Were you disappointed that you maybe weren't with your family and friends during the draft or did, you know, being at practice kind of make it easier and a little less stressful?
2: That's a tough question. I mean, obviously I would have been, obviously I would have liked to uh, be with my friends and family. I think that would have been a special moment for us. Um, but pretty much that whole day I was on FaceTime with my friends, my family, my brother, um, Just talking, watching the draft together, Um, and then I ended up going to practice, and then for me to for me to celebrate it with my teammates was pretty special. But I mean, yeah, obviously, I I would have liked to be with my family and friends for sure. So just jumping to uh,
1: now your your hot performance with uh, Denver right out of the gates, and again, something that I noticed you earned trust right from your staff uh, right off the bat. First game, you put the puck in the net, but was even more impressive for me was with about a minute 53 left down by a goal you had a power play and um, two freshmen are jumping on the ice to try and uh, get back into the game maybe talk a little bit about again how you were once again able to get the trust of your staff right off the bat to give you those opportunities
2: um i think yeah just the opportunities i was given um obviously i scored scored earlier in the game and then i think i had a pretty pretty good game uh, throughout the whole the whole thing and then i think just earning that trust right from the get-go came from practice. I mean, I worked really hard. We were on the ice for 11 weeks doing battle drills, um, working, working on the systems. And I think, uh, had some really good practices. And then obviously I had some learning moments as well, um, which I knew would come, and I think the coaching staff obviously knew as well, uh, that I had, had all the right tools. I just need to learn a couple of things. And for me. Uh, to get the opportunity to learn learn as I go and be given those opportunities is huge. Because, um, I mean, so far I've made the most of my opportunities again, playing on the power play, um, playing on the six-on-five and we're down a goal, all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, just making the most of my opportunities again.
1: So uh, what's, the, what's the conversation with the coaching staff when they talk to you about this stuff? Because this is something they haven't obviously seen for, before. So how are they kind of approaching the situation? What's some of the conversations that they're having with you about – about your play and and uh, kind of what's what's going on, and because obviously you're making a lot of noise, and I, and are you starting to get more attention from other teams as well?
2: Uh yeah, I would definitely say I'm getting getting a couple more couple more looks um, from other teams, uh, especially on the power play. Uh, people are starting to put their sticks uh, closer to me, and I mean, you always get those first couple games. Nobody really knows uh, what's going to happen, who you are, all that stuff. So I mean. Uh, now that, now that teams have kind of figured, a, figured it out, it, it obviously gets a lot harder. Um, but I mean, just the conversations with the coaching staff, again, like I said, um, uh, just, just the mistakes, like I'm obviously going to make some, I'm human, um, I'm a kid, I'm still growing, uh, learning as I go. So, I mean, for them to like, know I'm going to make mistakes and, uh, learn from them, I guess that's all I can really do. Learn, learn as I go and just keep, just keep on growing and getting better
1: every day. Awesome. And then has there been any communication about if the NHL season does kick off and they have some sort of a camp or camp-like atmosphere? Is that something that you think might be open to their their recent draftees or did they give you any information about how that would look?
2: Uh, no, I, no, I haven't heard anything about that this year.
1: If they did have, a, I guess, a camp, a more traditional style camp, is it something that you would consider attending or would you just continue kind of playing uh where you're at because i I imagine that there'd be a lot of (laughs) quarantine time and everything that would have to happen back and forth so is that something you consider at all or or you're just gonna wait to see what happens first
2: yeah i would definitely consider it i mean obviously i'd have to talk to the coaching staff um everyone here about about what's happening and there kind of have to be like a set game plan of what's going to happen but i mean um to get that to get that chance and just experience just experience that first camp would be really cool I think uh, and I'd, I'd love that opportunity for sure.
1: And just tell me just your thoughts now could you imagine stepping on the ice with some of those Oilers like when you're talking names like McDavid and Dreisaitl and and ripping around the ice with those guys what what kind of goes through your mind when you when you think about that?
2: Uh, a lot a lot goes through my mind when I think about that um I mean growing up watching all those all those guys in the Oilers um going to games just watching from the stands even I mean like it's it's fun to go to um then for me to like kind of think think about like me kind of like being being one of them is crazy to wrap my mind around so I mean uh yeah it'll, it'll be really cool for sure
0: it's obviously early in the season I'm, I'm sure you're taking things kind of one day at a time but have you thought about when you'd potentially look to join the Oilers obviously that's a decision most NCAA athletes have to make is when do I leave college have you thought about that at all
2: um, no, not really. Um, just, just kind of taking it day by day, uh, week by week and we'll, we'll see how it goes.
0: And then with the world Juniors starting here and again, you having a lot of success, is that something you're looking for next year again, or just again, day by day?
2: Um, yeah. I mean, if I have a good year this year, uh, hopefully I can earn, uh, an invite to their camp. Um, I think that would be really exciting and a really good experience for me. So yeah, I mean, just, just got to work work on my own game and hopefully I can get there next year.
1: That's a good approach to have that day by day, day by day approach. And I can't wait for if for some reason there should be uh, issues scoring on a power play. Uh, Jordan will be right ready with the tweets saying, oh, Carter would look good right now on the on the flank. <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's uh, such a smart approach to day by day. Look how far it's got you already and the success you're having there. You've had an, op- an kind of a unique opportunity going through. The ranks, uh, I'm talking about Pee Wee and Bantam and uh, even in Midget, AJHL, and now with University of Denver with a buddy, which is rare. Usually at some point, you know, paths start to start to drift. And, and for you to be able to kind of share these experiences with, with a buddy like Mike, maybe tell us what that's been, probably uh, the pros, and, and if there is any cons uh, with something like that.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't think I can think of any cons, um, lots of pros though. I mean, just flying in here together, again, picked up from the airport at airport. I mean, um, it was all kind of just became real, I guess. Uh, it was really exciting. Um, especially to go through it with him. I mean, we've been super close for a long time. Uh, pretty much, pretty much a brother to me now. Um, and then just to live with him at the dorms, uh, makes it easy. Um, I know him so well. He knows me so well. I mean, pretty much pretty much know we every, every move we're gonna make so i mean it makes makes it really easy
1: do you think some of the success you guys have had together has been you guys kind of being able to kind of stick with each other and keep that chemistry going at those high higher levels at the higher speed
2: uh yeah definitely i mean me and mike play pretty well together i mean i know exactly how he plays he knows it Exactly how I play, so that makes it easy as well. And then just just to watch him grow and be as successful as he is, I mean that's that's unreal, and I'm I'm super happy for him as well.
0: Leading up to the NHL draft, did you guys joke or kind of hope that you maybe end up together somewhere too, or are you just excited and hoping to get picked?
2: Uh, yeah, there was a couple jokes um, tossed around between our buddies, um, but I mean, I think I think me and Mike knew uh, eventually. Uh, maybe maybe our path is won't won't be together. So uh we we realized it and I mean it did end up happening. He went to Florida, I went to Edmonton. So um I mean obviously we hoped uh we could get that opportunity to play together again, but I mean uh eventually it has to end, I guess.
1: And you just never know. Yeah. There's been a bending before on on the Oilers, you just you just never know. Yeah. Uh, that's uh well, I a couple of questions for you. And again, this is this is about uh, kind of educating, you know, younger players and, and families. You said that you chose the NCAA path kind of even before you got to the draft. At what point did you realize that was going to be your pathway and why?
2: Well, my mom's a teacher, so I mean, that helps. I think for me, uh, I think, I th- when I think of myself, um, I think of as a player who like, needs to take the extra step, sort of. Um, Almost like extra development, I guess, and for me to be able to be here when I'm 22 or whatever age it is um, and be in the gym all the time, be on the ice all the time and less games and not having to like worry about my entire future at 16 years old in the WHL was, I think, I think was a big deciding factor for me. Um, Just the, just the extra years of uh, learning and growing as a person, growing as a player, um, maturing, um, all that stuff was, was definitely a big big part of it
1: you know sometimes players seem to feel like they're they're I don't want to say in a rush but they need to kind of always you know be at the top or play as high as they can and here you are saying that your actually approach is to to take that extra year and get that extra development you don't usually hear that what's your what's your advice for those players that always seem to be kind of pushing to to make a rush out of it
2: um, I think there's just no rush. I mean, what if you rush and you fail? Um, I'd rather be prepared and uh, fully prepared of what I'm getting into and have the have have the best opportunity to to get myself better. So I mean, no rush. If you make it, you make it, kind of thing. So, um, I mean, for me, it's a learning stage. Uh, just grow, uh, year by year, and take those extra years uh, as an advantage, I guess.
1: Would you say that your role as a player has evolved over Kind of your your hockey career so far, or do you think it's uh, it's been primarily the same, and you've just kind of strengthened your craft?
2: Um, I would definitely say um, I've I've kind of always been a top six player my, my whole life. But I mean, when I was younger, I was more of a passer, I would think, and I would pass up shots, uh, not not shoot the puck as much. And then, sort of my first year junior, um, pucks just started going in after going in uh, over and over again. So I started utilizing my shot more and. Um, I mean making the most of it now i guess doing pretty well for myself here
1: a couple other questions i know you have a, i know you have a brother who's a, a quality player as well uh, you guys growing up together how do you guys push each other to kind of make each other better
2: um, we'd have our we'd have our rivalries in the basement uh, we used to have like a mini mini rink uh, down there with some boards and some nets so I mean like rollerblade hockey ripstick hockey all of it we'd pretty much be down there every day growing up Um, just us two with, or with a bunch of friends. So, I mean, every day you didn't want to lose to your brother, uh, especially (laughs) your younger brother for me. So, I mean, I think, I think that pushed both of us too. And, um, I think just, just growing, um, I mean, I think being down there so much helped me so much with just like my hands, my shot, um, getting those extra hours in of shooting and playing horse with him, um, all those little things. So,
1: and with your rights being traded to the Winnipeg ice, was there ever a thought or, uh, kind of, you know, a conversation about, uh, reuniting with, uh, your brother in Winnipeg?
2: Um, there was a little bit of conversation. Um, for me, it was kind of, kind of straightforward for me. I mean, I always wanted to go to college and my dad, my dad talked me and said, at the end of the day, you have to be your own person. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think that was good of him to say. And I ended up, ended up sticking with my decision to, come here to Denver and I'm really happy with what I chose here.
1: Yeah, no, that, uh, that's worked out for sure. And then why, why university of Denver? Cause I'm sure there was a bunch of schools that were kind of after you. Why, why that decision?
2: Um, well, I committed, I committed here when I was pretty young. Uh, I think I was 15. I'm pretty sure I was on NAX when I did, I think for yeah. me, just, just the playing style, the coaching staff, the way, the way they run things here, the winning atmosphere, I mean. Every year they win, uh, it's what they do here. And I mean, I want to be a winner. I want to win a national championship. So, I mean, just that winning atmosphere and then uh, all that time into the way they play the game, their systems, all that fit, fitting my, how I play. So, I mean, yeah, it was a pretty easy decision for me.
1: Awesome. No, that's great. And then what do you think uh, is something that you'd like to add to your game in order to take that next step to um, give yourself an opportunity with Edmonton?
2: Uh just, just kind of still working on those little things. Uh just not turning my my back on the puck, stopping, uh finishing my checks, just just kind of rounding out my game, making sure I'm responsible in the D zone, um, not flying by on stuff, all, all those little things.
0: Yeah, and just want to build off that too. If you were to go to the Oilers, uh, you know, right away here, what what could fans expect from you? Obviously uh that lethal shot, but what else?
2: Uh yeah, I mean, I like to shoot the puck. Um I think my skating's come a long way. Pretty good at like reading defenders, um stealing pucks, all those little things. Um but obviously I think the biggest thing for me is I'm always an offensive threat. Uh I read things well and I like to shoot the puck a lot, so yeah, I think I think that's that's about it. Awesome.
1: Well, Carter, I got to say there's not a whole lot of hockey going on, but uh watching uh watching you and having the the success you have has been uh of a bright shining star in uh in my hockey landscape anyways so continue on uh doing what you're doing there because it's been a lot of fun to watch and again you're creating a lot of
0: buzz here in edmonton so so keep it up yeah thank you and there you have it from carter savoy tyrell your thoughts
1: yeah no it's uh for him to be on such a hot streak and i mean you kind of said it he's just taking one day at a time what's really cool to me is yes he's been given opportunities but there's a lot of players that are given opportunities. He is grabbing those things and running with them everywhere he goes, which is which is really, really, really cool to hear. Because, I mean, that doesn't happen all the time. And it doesn't happen continuously, level to level uh, like that. You kind of, you know, I don't want to say you have to earn it, but sometimes you, you come in and you just, you're given it because you're supposed to be that. And then all of a sudden when you can turn out for him, like, oh, that's when
0: guys like that make coaches and, and everybody around him look really good and really smart. Yeah. He's certainly taken those opportunities and run with it. I, I, I don't know if he would have imagined he'd have this much success this early at both, you know, the AJHL level when he did it at 16 and then uh, NCAA here at 18, but also not probably surprised either. I mean, he's always had that skill and it's good to see him put it all together. And he, the way he shoots the puck, like I saw that one power play goal, I think it was against North Dakota there to win them the game where, just gets a little slip pass on his back and then quick release and it's uh bar down on the glove side. The goalie hadn't even moved yet. Puck's already in the back of the net. So that release is is unreal. And I think Oilers fans are probably drooling, uh, watching that, just imagining him and what he m- might look like on a on a line with McDavid or Dry saddle or uh, whoever it is at some point. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anytime he can add a goal score is always a good thing. There's not uh, there's not a whole bunch of those floating around. So I like to be honest, I I understand the draft. I understand being selected to teams, but when you start actually um, saying his name and you know talking about rostered players, I don't even think that's a conversation that anybody really expected. I mean, that's just him going out and, and forcing the conversation on us. And uh, I drive around Edmonton, listen to uh, sports talk radio within Edmonton, and I'm hearing his name like every second day at some point, kind of excitement. I'm probably hearing his... name just as much as i'm hearing holloway's name right now uh and holloway's on the world junior team and uh and doing well too so i mean for carter to go and and make as much noise as he is like awesome to awesome to uh hear awesome to see and then um really cool to kind of (laughs) just have a chat with him and and see that he's still the same guy just you know perfecting his craft and, and trying to make the most of his like opportunities like he says his dad actually summed it up really nice. Like, this is your journey, your choice. Uh, you make it. And, and he, uh, he owned it and he didn't uh, care what was going on kind of anywhere else. And uh, for him to kind of choose his own pathway and then have success all the way through, I mean, that's, that's really cool because, you know, a lot of times people get drawn into picking, picking a path that uh, you know, that's been given to them or, you know, somebody saying, you know, this, this, is, this should work because it's worked so many times before, but that might not be your path. Like we've had on other conversations, like people are things differently and there's different scenarios and there's different staffs and there's different, you know, uh, team styles and you got to kind of pick what's, what's best for you. And when you can own that decision and, and it puts a little bit more on you to kind of show up and get it done. And I mean, he's bet on himself a few times here and, and he's got the job done. But it was it's it's really cool to see him kind of you know make the decision for himself rather than someone kind of tell him what he should and should be doing and then you know it may may not work out it's it, that's really cool for me to kind of uh,
0: hear and then see it play out the way it has yeah good stuff from Carter uh, wishing him luck obviously the rest of the year with Denver uh, him and an excellent uh, teammate Mike Benning uh, good luck for both of them and uh, I'll talk to you later Spitz
1: yeah and I'm um, I'm gonna try and get the job done here against. Deegan, so I can get into the finals there. Do you know who who made it through on the other side? Was it Shantz or Switzer? I don't think they've played yet.
0: Uh, They haven't told me any results, so I won't know your opponent just quite yet. Okay.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to get the job done for you, Marty.
0: All right, sounds good.